Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in episode 103. What's right with Nick Wright? I am fresh off a plane from Vegas, landed this morning, and I know many of you watch this show because you like me, you appreciate me, you love Demonze, but some of you watch or listen despite me. Me not to spite me, but despite me. Meaning you you maybe you like me, maybe you don't, but what you really like is when I'm in pain. So I'm going to give you a little present today. Before we even get into what happened in the Chiefs game, I'm just going to set the template for you. Got to Vegas, middle of the night, Thursday night, Friday morning. Played in one of the bigger poker games I've ever played in in my life on Friday. Put it on Instagram. Won a great deal of money. Was feeling great about it. Saturday, played in that game that had somehow gotten even bigger. Overnight, lost a little bit, was still way ahead. Sunday then rolls around. I'm in Las Vegas, remember? And I do believe I told you guys that the Chiefs Bengals game was my game of the year. Loved it more than any game on the board all season. I also gave you guys six picks, including the Prince that was promised, including the Falcons, including the Colts, plus 10 and a half, too many points. Colts trying to tie the game up going into the fourth quarter. They get outscored 33 to nothing in the fourth quarter. To which I tell you, after the morning slate didn't go great, I wasn't going to be in the casino for the 4 p.m. Eastern games because I was actually invited to the home of Doyle Brunson, poker legend, Texas Dolly, had me into his home to watch these games. So I took. I, I broke all my gambling rules, Demonze. Took all that poker profit, I, I, everything we had for the weekend, and said, you know what? This is going to be a great day in my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win maybe my biggest sports bet ever alongside the biggest poker legend ever in his own home, Doyle <laughs> Brunson. And we got Chiefs minus two. And then the game started. And you know what the best bets all year have been? Live Chiefs bets when they fall down big. So they're down 14 to three. And I check, they're getting three and a half. Chiefs plus three and a half. And I'm like, okay, my minus two is not looking great, but I can get the Chiefs plus three and a half right now. And I had a lot of money in that online account from that parlay from a few weeks ago. So I log in. Not able to use it because I'm not in New York State. I'm in Vegas. So I couldn't place the bet. And the plus three and a half would have would have hit. Yeah. They they lost by three. So I am up. I, I am upbeat. It was a fun weekend. Saw Gucci Mane live in concert. Got to hang out with Doyle Brunson. Played in a great poker game. With all that said, your little sisters, um, School tuition, monthly school tuition gets auto withdrawn on the fifth of each month. And I'd be lying to you if I didn't check the old account this morning and figure out if I wasn't going to have to do a shadow of fringe transfer from Demonze's account <laughs> to mine to cover the tuition. 
before I could replace it, hopefully without him knowing. I did that once upon a time by accident. And then it real I realized I was like, you know, in an odd way, Demonze's account is like my backstop if things ever go really poorly. So that was my weekend. We'll get into all the games here. First, let's talk about what missed the cut. Here's what is not on today's show. College football playoff set, and they got it right. Listen, I wanted USC to be in there at four, and I would have argued strongly that USC should not be penalized for losing a conference championship game and Ohio State, which didn't make their conference championship game, getting in. However, because USC ended up getting dog-walked at the end by Utah, that game was in Vegas, by the way. I can't argue it. TCU deserved to stay at three. The playoff committee got it right. Oddly, this would have been a year where we just needed the old BCS system. One versus two. Georgia and Michigan have nothing to prove but to play each other. They're the only undefeated teams. Don't worry about it. Browns win. Deshaun Watson looks like a guy who hasn't played in two years. We'll continue to monitor that story. And Deion Sanders. I wa- I went to ja- I went to Mississippi the- or Memphis this year to watch Deion coach in the Heritage Classic. If you oh, remember, yeah. uh, Deion going to Colorado. We might have a guest appearance by my wife, Demonze's mom, on Thursday to briefly give a take on Deion leaving Jackson State. Jackson, Mississippi, where Danielle lived for a little bit uh, because she has, I think, the best take of anyone I've heard on it. None of that is on the show today, though. We're going to start with, and by the way, stop by in the chat, ask some questions. We'll get to them later in the show. Reminder, we wrap up book club on Thursday for this book, uh, Little History of the World by E.H. Gombrecht. We'll do that on Thursday today. All right, let's get to it. Chiefs Bengals, go ahead. All right, I'm sorry you went all the way to Vegas to see USA, the Jags, and last but not least, your Chiefs lose. Yeah, the USA is the only one I didn't lose money on. Yeah, uh, the, yeah I thought the Netherlands would win, but the Chiefs, well, I lost money on the others. Go ahead. The Chiefs have five losses in 2022, and three of them are to the Bengals. That's that's an odd way to put it, but it is accurate. You mean the calendar year 2022? 2022. They've lost three times to the Bengals. Once to the Bills, once to the Colts. That's right. Go ahead. Joe Burrow obviously remains undefeated versus Patrick Mahomes in his career. Yep. Casey had a shot late, but uh, ended up being the only favorite to lose in Week 13. That's crazy. I didn't realize that until I saw that in today's rundown. The only favorite to lose. Almost as crazy as I think I went 1-5 and on my picks this week. Go ahead. And the Bills are now the one seed. Don't care. Yep. Are the Bengals the best team in the in the AFC? And can Mahomes be considered the MVP if Joe Burrow keeps beating him and playing like this? Okay, so so much here. First, let me before I answer your questions, my apologies for I will answer them, but I want to talk about the game itself. The right team won yesterday. Now, could the Chiefs have won? Absolutely. Travis Kelsey doesn't fumble. He fumbled. He, they're, they're, they're driving to go up two scores, put the game away. Am I beside myself? Was I in real time beside myself with the decision to kick that field goal? Which, first of all, far from a sure thing you're going to make it as evidenced by the fact that he missed it. Also, it's a 55-yarder. Butker is an excellent kicker, but in his career, he's like 70% from 55 yards. But most damningly, it takes the ball out of Mahomes' hands, and even if you make it, you still need your defense to stop Cincinnati, which he hadn't been able to do throughout the game. So I understand the Chiefs had many opportunities, but so did Cincinnati. Cincinnati dropped a touchdown pass, just a perfect pass dropped, and the Chiefs got a goal line stand with a great play by Dunlap that took you know at least maybe seven points off the board. So game was close, coin flip game. I think the right team won. I want to give Cincinnati credit. That's first of all. Second of all, what is most disappointing to me, other than taking the ball out of Mahomes' hands on that fourth down, which flatly should never happen, Andy Reid. You trusted him to go for the fourth down earlier in the game at the goal line. He supermaned it and got into the end zone. Leave the ball in his hands there. What frustrated me so much was the Chiefs' defense did not show up in a huge spot. After talking trash, the Chiefs' defense, the, the way to slow down Cincinnati is to beat the hell out of Burrow And they got two sacks on the day. One of them Burrow kind of gave them on that odd second down play call, which was a very odd decision by Zach Taylor late in the game with 204 left that gave the Chiefs an opening. And after all that, 
They're in a third and 11 with two minutes left. No timeouts. Cincinnati's up three. If you stop them, you are getting the ball back, maybe with a minute 50 left if it's an incompletion, with a minute 15 left if it's a completion short of the first down or a sack, with a chance to go win, and you couldn't get off the field. So that credit to the Bengals. That's first of all. Second of all, the Chiefs now have a rival in the AFC. Everyone has tried to say it's the Bills. It is not. It is the Bengals. And I know some folks, if you want to be a smart ass, will say it's not a rivalry. Chiefs have never beaten them. Okay. I think all of us recognize how close these games have been. Yes, the Bengals have gotten the upper hand in it, and the Bengals, Bengals deserve bra- bragging rights. See, this is, I am not afraid to give teams credit. I just don't like premature credit being demanded. And the national media and Bills fans demanded that I give the Bills credit and Josh Allen credit for things he has not yet done. Joe Burrow has done them. Joe Burrow has stared Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs down three times in his career and beat them all three. First team to ever beat them three in a row. The first, the only quarterback to have three wins against Mahomes. The other one is Tom Brady. I give the guy credit. And Joe Burrow, I know it's cliche at this point. Call him Joe Cool. The guy's bleeping cool. Like, not just in a, you know, how he carries himself off the field, but he was under pressure throughout the night. They weren't getting the sex, but they were getting pressure. And he's calm in the pocket and he makes plays. Sounds like you just like Joe Burrow more than Josh Allen. Well, well, listen, I that is true, but I also was skeptical of Burrow coming out of LSU. I didn't th- I didn't see why he was the number one pick of the draft. I understood he had this one unbelievable season. So it's not like I've always liked him, but he's proven it. The, the, the guy has a 18-point second-half comeback in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. He had a fourth-quarter comeback yesterday. He's He's been excellent. And that team with Chase and those guys is scary, especially if you can't get to the quarterback. So I, I just I, it, it's not about anything other than I give them the respect that they have earned. Now to the MVP conversation. They have a brutal, they being the Bengals, schedule the rest of the way. But now that Lamar is hurt and the AFC North is open, if the Chiefs stumble, of course Burrow should be in the MVP conversation. Right now, he's not there. I shouldn't say he's not there. He's in the conversation. Right now, he's not the MVP. Right now, the MVP is still Mahomes. And the Vegas odds makers agree with me barely on that. They have him a slight favorite over Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was excellent yesterday. We can talk more about that in a moment. But Burrow absolutely can get there. With all that said, here is my proclamation and my guarantee that I am going to make. And this is going to be the big thing I do on television today. So let's not put this up on social media until after the TV show, if we could. Uh, the Chiefs are not losing again this year. And the Chiefs are still going to be the one seed. So everyone's, oh, Buffalo right now is the one seed. Let me make something very clear about what the Chiefs have the rest of the way. They were on the longest winning streak in the NFL. That is now snapped, obviously, and credit to the Bengals for doing it. But the Chiefs the rest of the way have the Broncos, Texans, Seahawks at home, Broncos, all of a sudden, Frisky Raiders final week of the year. They haven't lost to the Broncos since before Mahomes was the quarterback. They don't lose to the Raiders. Seattle, I give them credit. They're not coming into Arrowhead and winning. So the Chiefs are going to finish this season 14-3. and What does that mean? That means the Buffalo Bills must go undefeated the rest of the way to be the one seed. Cincinnati already has four losses. So Cincinnati's got the tiebreaker on Kansas City but the Chiefs would have to lose again, and Cincinnati would have to go undefeated. The Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, Patriots. Three divisional games and a game at Cincinnati and a game at Chicago, which, again, Chicago can't win games, but 
This is an unbelievable stat from Dan, my our friend Danny Parkins. Uh, Justin Fields has more 50-yard touchdown runs than any quarterback in NFL history. Already. Already. He's got three of them this season. That's the most of any quarterback in NFL history. Also, we have some breaking news that I find really interesting. The Panthers are, this from Ian Rappaport moments ago, the Panthers are releasing Baker Mayfield. He'll hit waivers when it's finalized later today. That oddly fits very well into our next discussion. And right, pardon me, our poll question, uh, who's the best team in the AFC? 45% say the Chiefs, 31% say the Bengals, 22% say the Bills. But Demonze, what team all of a sudden might need a quarterback? Go right ahead. Oh, the 49ers. They did make a statement against Tua and the Dolphins. But yeah. Jimmy G is likely done for this season with a broken foot. Brutal. He's probably going to need surgery. Yeah. This means San Francisco has lost two sorting, starting quarterbacks this season. However, 2022 Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy looked great in relief. Meanwhile, Tua, Tua aggravated a lingering ankle, ankle injury in his, he's, as he struggled against the San Francisco defensive line. Yep. What happened to San Francisco mm-hmm. and Miami from here? Should San Francisco get Fitzpatrick or Drew Brees? But or Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield? Well, listen, Drew Brees, no. He, the, I thought he was done. He is done. Yeah. And Fitzpatrick, no. I, look, Brock Purdy yesterday played really well. Right. And I mean, the guy was a good college player. Now he was the final pick of his draft. He's Mr. Irrelevant is what they always call the guy who was picked last in his draft. So I will give him the opportunity to show he can do something. The odds are he's going to be very limited. The Niners are so good everywhere else, though, that you've got to consider them still. I still consider them strong contenders in the NFC. The question is, can they have a quarterback, not who's going to make a ton of plays, but isn't going to make a lot of mistakes? The Baker thing is interesting. They just signed off the Broncos practice squad, Josh Johnson. This is his 14th different stop in the NFL. He's been, now some of the teams, he's been on the Niners three times, but he's been changed teams 14 times in the league. They're on their third string quarterback. Does Kyle Shanahan? Now, the way waivers work is you claim him, you claim his contract, but it's reverse order. It's the same order as the draft order. So, like, if the Texans were to want Baker Mayfield, they would get him. They would claim him. Do you understand what I mean? Like, so, so if a guy if a guy gets cut at this point in the pass, career, teams have to pass up on him in order for San Francisco. Exactly right. So the Eagles would have the last waiver priority because right. they have the best record. The Texans have the best, and the Niners have pretty damn good record. So I don't I don't have in front of me, but you know, twenty five teams would have to pass on something right. like that. But I don't think that now the Texans are an interesting one because right. they don't have a quarterback, and they but do they even? want to be in the Baker Mayfield business. Right. I don't know the answer to that. The Niners are in a very tricky spot. I would put a claim in on Baker if I were them. If nothing else, then to be the backup right. and see what Purdy does. Uh, the Niners, though, that defense is so goddog good. That defense is, they gave up a 75-yard touchdown first play of the game and then just shut the Dolphins down even though Tyreek still got off. Right. And then we get to the Tua stuff. I know you can't wait to jump on this one. Well, (laughs) everybody was very, very quick to demand that Tua get apologies from everyone that doubted him. I want to see how the remainder of the year goes. Weather's about to get colder. That'll be interesting. Schedule's not going to get very soft for them. That'll be interesting. So Miami, if we want to go over what they have the rest of the way as they sit at 8-5, and they are at the Chargers on Sunday Night Football next weekend. The Chargers can't get out of their own damn way. They're still a dangerous team. They are then at the Bills. They are then home for the Packers. They are then at the Patriots and home for the Jets. 
So the easiest game the rest of the way is home for the Packers. For Miami, the Packers all of a sudden, by the way, Christian Watson, that kid's got eight touchdowns the last four games. Uh, There are some obvious limitations that Tua has that, to me, showed up glaringly yesterday. Now, to be fair, Miami was without both of their starting tackles. You're playing a ferocious defense. I believe the best defense in football in San Francisco, and that's why San Francisco, almost no matter who the quarterback is, you still have to consider dangerous. They have a top three running back. They have all pro, first team all pro running back, wide receiver, tight end, left tackle, and the best defense in football. And a great coach, I feel. So the question is, how big of a drop is it from Jimmy G to Brock Purdy? But this, by the way, Brock Purdy playing well for them would be such a blow for the quarterback wins dopes. The folks are like, wins are a quarterback stat. That is, that's how they're all that, that foolishness that has become, and I shouldn't say dopes because some of my favorite people in the media believe this, most notably my co-host Chris Broussard, but they're obviously wrong about that. And I'm very curious to see what the Niners look like with just a guy playing quarterback. Just a guy. (laughs) Yeah. With Brock Purdy. He was their third stringer to start the year. He was the 262nd pick or whatever it was, 252nd pick of his draft. And Miami, on the other hand, this is this is the time where things could go south for them. It absolutely, they they 100%. What do you think the line is? Bad for these guys, man. For who? Tell me. Why? Well, Miami, it's just like everybody's saying, oh, it's Tua's got limitations. He's got limitations. Mm-hmm. And he's been playing well for a while now. And then like when it starts to come, they're like, oh, yep, I told you. But yeah. It's just like, obviously. Listen, that's fair. We're eventually going to have a bad game. That's you know? That's totally fair. It is totally fair to say he is. that's the first game all year he has played the whole way through and they've lost, right? So that is, that is a fair critique. And that, that I, I am basing this analysis on my prior beliefs on him. But those prior beliefs on him, I feel very strongly about. <laughs> and I do think that if you're Miami and you caught people off guard early in the year, okay? Right. You beat the Patriots, whose offense was you scored seven points. You have that unbelievable game against the Ravens, where right. you're thoroughly outplayed for three quarters and then a perfect fourth quarter. You then have that very weird game against the Bills, where the Bills double you up in yardage, but Josh Allen keeps screwing up the clock and goal yeah. line. Okay. Since then, this is what they have done. They lost to the Bengals. They lost to the Jets. They lost to the Vikings. They beat this. Those are the games without Tua. Yeah, those are the games without Tua. So then Tua's back. Here are their wins. They beat the Steelers sixteen to ten. They beat the Lions. They beat the Bears. They beat the the Browns. (laughs) They beat the Texans. So now, with a full season's worth of tape of what you're doing on offense. You play real teams again. I see the, yeah, see the pattern. And there. one of those real teams just kicked your teeth in. <laughs> and so I'm interested to watch where this goes for Miami moving forward. Just like I'm, you know, the team right now that, and I don't mean to step on the rest of the show. I'll just do this quickly. If I were a fan of them, I would be up at night. Just like, you've got to be kidding me about so many of our losses. The Raiders, who are sitting at five and seven. And have to feel like if we had one of those games we gave away, the Cardinals game, which they flatly gave away, the Chiefs game, which they had multiple chances to win and they didn't. If they had the Jags game that they gave away, if they had won one of those games and they were six and six, right now they got to feel like they have to run the table. Now, as far as running the table goes, They're not going to run the table, but they have the Rams on Thursday. They then have the Patriots at home the next Sunday night, then the Steelers. 
The Raiders could before they play the Niners and the Chiefs at the end of the year. That's brutal. The Raiders, I think, are going to finish game or two out and feel like, God dog it. We should have been right there. All right, next. Is there a poll? No, no, no poll not. for this one. All right, both NFC East powerhouses made statements this weekend. The one loss the Eagles blew out the Titans. Dallas embarrassed the Colts on Sunday Night Football. There are three clear top teams in the NFC, Philly, Dallas, and Minnesota. How do you rank them? Is Dallas better than Philly, regardless of the record? Okay, there are, the, there are not three clearly. The, the, there are three clear best teams in the NFC, but Minnesota's not one of them. Give me a break on Minnesota. Hey, I'm very happy for you with your 10-2 and two record. You are not a good, you're a very good team. I shouldn't say you're not a good team. You're not a very good team. You got incredibly lucky to beat the Jets yesterday. You, you, you're nine and zero in one score games. Give me a break, including Minnesota. Then, Philly, Dallas, and the Niners are the three best teams in the NFC, hands down. I was all right. So, here's the thing on Philly, and I know Eagles fans hate me, and that's fine, and I'll deal with it. And Jalen Hurt, they they ran for 350 yards the week before this. This week, Jalen throws for damn near 400. Credit where it's due, an A.J. Brown revenge game against the team. He used to be on the Titans. They didn't want to pay him. They traded him, and he dominated that football game. The way right now to go after Philadelphia is vertical passing game, and Tennessee can't do it. Tennessee, especially once Traylon Burks went out. Did you see the Traylon Burks touchdown highlight? It's one of the best plays of the year. He got knocked unconscious on the catch. And held on to it while unconscious. Yeah, I do. I do think I saw that. You, in I the, saw that live. That was a. I mean, it was a scary play. Right. Um. But once he went out for the game, Tennessee can't beat you, you know, vertically, and Philadelphia seized on it. Dallas, on the other hand, it's one of the most bizarre games ever, because Indy is going for two to tie that football game late in the third quarter, and they end up losing by a thousand. Dallas outscores them. 33 to nothing in the fourth quarter because Indy can't stop turning the ball over. To me, Dallas was the more impressive performance yesterday, even though Tennessee is a better team than Indy because the w- Dallas's ability to be explosive is to me really frightening if you're anyone else in the NFC because you know how good that defense is. And so Philadelphia deserves credit for everything they've done this year. I still, well, I got to see what happens with the Niners at the quarterback position. But And, and the, the Cowboys, the problem is I don't trust the head coach. Right now, if you're in the NFC, you if you're Seattle right now, you got to feel like we could win the conference. Right. Um, And I know people are, the, the Philadelphia fans are yelling at their computer screens or into their phones saying, what more do we have to do to show you we are that dominant team? And I have been consistent on this, and you can say it's unfair, you can say, but having that awful of a showing in the postseason last year, when it's the only playoff experience your coach or your quarterback have ever had, I cannot get that out of my mind until I see you play in a playoff game again. There is, there is literally nothing you could do this, for me, nothing you could do this regular season to where I don't have a yeah, but about that game. You then add to it that I didn't, I thought Philly as dominant as they were early in the year, that Philly later in the year was not playing their best football as evidenced by the fact that I, when they played the Texans a few weeks ago or a month ago, I thought that was a mediocre performance. They lose to the Commanders. They they steal one against the Colts. They they are in a dogfight against a Packers team that I don't think is any good. And then they dominate the Titans. They get back on track against the Titans yesterday. But to me, that game shifted entirely when Traylon Burks went out. And now that was early in the game. So am I judging Philly by an unfair standard? Maybe. But I just my obligation to the audience is to be honest. And my honest opinion is it would not shock me if Philadelphia ends up the one seed, gets the bye, and then loses its first playoff game. 
Next is Dallas. Oh, is Dallas better than Philly? Is the poll question? Uh, 70. What does it say? 72, 21% say yes, 79 say no. So 79% of the audience thinks Philly's better than Dallas. We'll get to see them play again here soon. Go ahead. All right, Lamar Jackson went down early yesterday with a knee injury and did not return and Mm -hmm. screwed a couple of my parlays. Yeah. You know, guys hurt. Luckily for Baltimore, they were playing the Broncos and won by a point. Mm -hmm. But the Bengals are clearly the the class of of this division. Is this injury more devastating for Baltimore or Lamar considering his contract situation? Well, I think it's more devastating for Baltimore. Remember, Baltimore last year was, what were they, 8-3? and And then Lamar got hurt and they missed the playoffs. They're they're now 8-4. and And Baltimore, now what they have going for them this year is Baltimore's schedule the rest of the way. Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers, Bengals. So now the Steelers won a few in a row, and the Browns, we'll see what they look like when Deshaun gets the rust off. But they that was a very important win for them yesterday. Uh, and they are luck- the, the only team in the league yesterday I think they could have beaten right. is, the, is the Broncos. And so Lamar's going to get some version of a good contract no matter what. Yeah. But Lamar, since the first month of the season, has not played great, and now this is the second straight year he's gotten hurt. Those are... I think it's pretty devastating for Lamar. Well, until you realize... That if the Ravens were, so to me, his worst case scenario is they just franchise tag him for 40 million bucks. Because if you don't think there's a team out there, and I've said it, used them before, I'll use them again, like the Jets, that would give Lamar 45 million a year guaranteed, of course they would. So there, so his downside is relatively limited because his, if he was amazing this year, they might franchise tag him anyway because they don't want to give him a fully guaranteed deal. If he's bad and hurt, they're still going to franchise tag him. Baltimore, on the other hand, Cincinnati's win over the Chiefs is really damaging for Baltimore. And the fact that Cincinnati gets to play Baltimore again later in the year. Baltimore needs to find a way to win these games without Lamar. Luckily, the schedule's soft, but the Steelers are a live team right now, and you got to deal with them. You can't imagine they're going to sweep the Steelers. So it's not quite as easy as maybe we thought the schedule was going to be a few weeks ago. To me, the bigger story, not the bigger story, but an equally big story from that game is, it is impossible how bad the Broncos are. (laughs) I was skeptical of them. I was the biggest Broncos skeptic, I think, in the national media. I said I thought they were going to be eight and nine, and people killed me for it. They would, if they win out, is that a, they would have to win out to be eight and nine. They, they have the Chiefs twice the rest of the way. They, the Broncos, this is what they have done. As far as points scored this year, and keep in mind, there are some games where the defense scored. 16, 16, 11, 23, 9, 16, 9, 21, 10, 16, 10, 9. How is that possible? Yeah, were they up 6-0 or was it 3-0 was their only? They were up 6-0 at some point yesterday, I feel like. No, they no, they but they were up 9-3 before Tyler Huntley drove them all the way down the field for a touchdown. I how maddening must it be to be on this Broncos defense? Yeah. Russ has 8 touchdowns this year. 8 I I gotta I, I'm sorry to do this in real time, but it's just it where I gotta find other quarterbacks that are similar when it comes to passing touchdowns. I, I I'm sorting by touchdowns right now. Uh, okay, here are guys with okay. Baker has six. He's been benched. Taylor Heineke has nine. He wasn't the starter the first six weeks. Carson Wentz has 10. <laughs> so Washington, which switched quarterbacks this year, <laughs> both, of, <laughs> both of their quarterbacks have more touchdown passes than Russ. Davis Mills has 11. He's been benched. Jacoby Brissett has 12. He, the guy, he has, 
Matt Ryan has been benched and has come back. He has 13. Russ has eight. He's got eight. Jameis Winston hasn't played in two months. He's got four. <laughs> it, I, I can't. I thought Russell Wilson was overrated coming into the year. I thought the Broncos made a big mistake. I never in a million years thought it was going to look like this, where they are the worst offense in football. His passer rating's 83. That is 29th in the league, ahead of only Davis Mills, Kenny Pickett, and Zach Wilson and Baker Mayfield. So a rookie and three guys who have been benched. Right. That's it. It's unbelievable. All right, take a quick break. Come back. Continue to talk week 12 in the or week, whatever week this was, week 14 in the NFL and talk a little World Cup. That's next. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 103. Uh, during the show, breaking news that Baker Mayfield is getting released, and I do wonder if the Niners are going to try to claim him. Uh, if you're Baker, you've got to do everything you can in your power to make sure nobody... You find out if the Niners have interest. Right. And if they do, try to poison the water so nobody else picks you. So the the... the and let me just before we get to our FIFA forecast, uh, let me I, I I said I didn't have the full list in front of me as far as who would would have waiver priority, but I I can obviously get it in front of me. So if we do the league standings, so Houston has a first priority, they might claim. So Chicago definitely wouldn't. The Rams wouldn't. Denver wouldn't. Jacksonville wouldn't. New Orleans, maybe because they don't have a quarterback of the present or future, and they don't have their pick. Arizona, no. Indy, no. Green Bay, of course not. Atlanta. Indy, no. No, but they're, they're rolling with Matt Ryan. Like they, That's who Jeff Saturday wants. Atlanta drafted a guy who they haven't played yet, so no. Pittsburgh, no. Cleveland, that would be hilarious, but no. <laughs> the Raiders, no. Lions, no. Tampa, no. Chargers, Patriots, maybe. Probably not because they have Zappy. I was just thinking about yeah. teams that might want him as a backup. Uh, Washington, no. Seattle and the Jets, no. Tennessee, Giants, Miami. Now we're up to San Francisco. So you really need to make it clear to the people in Houston that you will be a culture killer. Yeah. You you, you have your agent. <laughs> dude, just Baker right now should tweet out how much Texas barbecue sucks <laughs> and how much he enjoyed 
kicking the Longhorns ass when he was at Oklahoma <laughs> and do everything he can to poison the water about the Texans potentially get claiming it, get away from the Texans at the very least. Now, by the way, I don't know that the Niners would claim it, right. but I think it would be if they are claiming Josh Johnson off dudes practice squads, Kyle Shanahan, I would imagine would want to see what he could do with Baker. Right. So He's I got other stuff around him. Of, of course. I mean, it would be Panthers. what an unbelievable story. It would be if Baker ends up, falling ass backwards into being the Niners quarterback Yeah, in that situation. It also would be such a wonderful litmus test of what it takes to be successful in the league. If Baker had just been terrible, you know, his last year in, in Cleveland, awful with Carolina, but then gets to the Niners and looks good again. It also should be noted that is there a connection between Stefanski and Shanahan? Uh, maybe not. I was going to say was Stefanski part of that tree, but I'm not certain. Stefanski was the coach in Cleveland, obviously. All right, let's get to soccer. Go ahead. All right, you did all you could at the Aria sports book, but it wasn't enough for the U.S. to beat the Dutch. All right, that was funny, week. by the way, real quick. I was at the Aria sports book, U.S. down 2 nothing. They didn't get a goal, make it 2-1. Now, all of a sudden, it's a game. And we can put the tweet up there. This guy, you're going to see me in a moment pounding the desk right there in the white shirt. I'm pounding the desk. He he wasn't, like, videoing me. He was videoing the sports book and then caught me on there. That was I, every day in Vegas. I got up at 6.45 in the morning, went downstairs, got a cup of coffee, and watched the, the World Cup. But the U.S., of course, lost. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Any last words for the USA? And are you still sticking with Brazil to win it all? All right. I'm still sticking with Brazil. Neymar is supposed to come back. Neymar also flew his barber or hairstylist into Qatar to give him a new hairdo for today's game. That's exciting. Also, as we're on the air right now, Croatia is trail. Oh, no, they just tied it up. Literally a moment ago, Croatia tied it up against Japan. This is the first World Cup game I'm missing because I'm doing this show live right now. So Japan took a 1-0 lead right before halftime. Croatia tied it up. Uh, Right now, France, Spain, and Brazil look like the classes of the tournament. And what Mbappe did yesterday was so phenomenal to watch. I know everyone says he's the best player in the world. He clearly is the best player in the world. And he's just brilliant. I am sticking with Brazil. Obviously, they need Neymar to be healthy. And Argentina is still lingering, clearly. And, the, you know, they also have advanced already to the quarters. And so you know, we have a great quarterfinal matchup already on, you know, on deck with the Netherlands against Argentina. Netherlands, which is on the longest unbeaten streak of any team in international soccer. Uh, we also have a really good quarterfinal matchup locked up in England and France. I thought England could lose to Senegal and said they crushed them. Here's the last words on the U.S. You can't call this tournament a disappointment. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Finish second in the group, make the quarters, lose to Netherlands. That's clear. But you can't call it a rousing success either. Because I would argue they didn't play a single great game the whole tournament. Right. Their best game was a game they scored zero goals against England. The nil-nil draw. It, it was nice that they beat Iran, but they almost gave it away at the end. Against the Netherlands, they had no business. Be- that game should have been 1-1 or 2-1 U.S. at the half. Instead, it was 2-0 Netherlands. And I understand they were the one of the youngest teams in the whole tournament. The next World Cup is in the United States. I get all of that. And there are reasons to be optimistic, but if you're giving them a grade for this World Cup, anything more than a B is being far too generous. Uh-huh. And it is clear. I, I I didn't want to say argued. I disagreed with Rick Buecher a bit on this when Rick was like, anyone that's calling them an elite team doesn't know what they're talking about. And I just said to him, well, you got to define elite. Are they one of the 10 best teams in the world? Clearly not. Are they one of the 20 best? I would argue. Clearly, yes, okay. you know, closer to 20 than to 10. 
but that jump between where they are right now to actually competing in a World Cup is such a massive jump that even with the youth on the team and these guys getting experience, it is impossible to see them making that type of jump unless they all of a sudden get a transcendent talent or two that right now does not appear to be in the pipeline or on the U.S. roster. So that it's it wasn't a disappointing World Cup, but it obviously was. It felt to me like they left some meat on the bone. All right, next, let's play a game. We're playing a game, right or wrong. Uh, first one, we've got a, maybe I've been watching a little bit too much soccer, but the Commanders-Giants game tie actually ended up being good for both teams. Right yeah. or wrong. The Giants tie saved their season. Well, I don't want to say it saved their season, but I do agree with you that I don't think a tie was a terrible result for either of these teams because of how the playoff situation is shaking out. So now for they're in a situation right right now we know in the NFC there's going to be two playoff spots for three teams. Giants, Seahawks and Washington. They all have seven wins right now. Giants are 7-4 and 1, Washington 7-5 and 1 and Seattle is 7 and 5. And they all kept pace, if you will, both of them with the tie with Seattle to a degree. Oh, to wow. where now, if either of them finish with the same number of wins as Seattle, they will go to the playoffs over Seattle because Seattle would be, say, 10 and 7, and they would be 10, 6, and 1. And so the tie is helpful there. So the question is how many wins do we think Seattle has left in them? So Seattle is hosting the Panthers next week. That should be a win. They then host the Niners. That should be a loss. We get the Niners, though, have the big question at quarterback. They're then at the Chiefs. That should be a loss. They then host the Jets. That's a coin flip game, but the Jets going all the way across country. Call that a win. And the final week of the year, they, they host the Rams. So I do believe Seattle is going to get to 10 wins. Okay. So then the question is for the Giants, do they have three more wins in them? Their games are hosting the Eagles, at the Commanders, at the Vikings, hosting the Colts, and then at the Eagles in a game that the Eagles might have everything locked up. So that's key for them, right? If yeah. you that if the Eagles uh because if the Eagles beat Dallas, then they will essentially lock everything up because they'll have the full tiebreaker over Dallas. Dallas would have four losses. They already have the head-to-head with Minnesota. So even if Minnesota and them finish with the same record, Philly would get the one seed. Right. So can the Giants get to 10 wins? The fact of the matter is this, and then Washington, what do they have left? Let me look at the same thing. They have a bye week because they only have four games to get their the 10 wins we're talking about. They host the Giants, then they're at the Niners, host the Browns, and then host Dallas. That's brutal. I think that playoff spot is going to come down to that Giants-Commanders game. They, they, they both have the tie. That'll determine the tiebreaker. So save their season. It, even if they had lost, they probably would still have to go beat Washington. But now there is the slim chance if Seattle, because of the tie, if Seattle slips up, that both Washington and the Giants could make the postseason. So save their season. I'm going to say wrong, but I think the tie was not a terrible result for them. Next. All right, A.J. Brown had a monster revenge game against Tennessee. Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams put up huge games as well. Their former teams definitely missed it. Even you got to admit that you missed Tyreek Hill after you saw MBS drop that touchdown pass. Yeah, MBS then did make a couple good catches, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, right or wrong, never trade star wide receivers. Well... I'm going to say wrong because how did the Vikings get Justin Jefferson? They traded Stephon Diggs, and with the pick they got for him, they used it on Justin Jefferson. What I would say is, unless you have Patrick Mahomes, do not trade away star receivers unless you have someone ready to immediately replace them. So the the Packers didn't have someone to place Devontae. Now Christian Watson's playing well the last month, eight touchdowns last month. They, 
I uh, mentioned the second time on the show, I heard my buddy Danny Parkin speculating whether or not could, or maybe even Andrew Filipponi. I was listening to their podcast, First in Pod, which is a really good NFL podcast, uh, about whether or not Christian Watson could win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Seemed unfathomable a month ago, but eight touchdowns, eight touchdowns. So I guess it's on the board. It is teams that trade away their number one receiver, unless, again, unless you have Mahomes where it doesn't seem to matter, uh, the Chiefs still the highest scoring team in the league. Yeah, it seems like a problem for you. And so I'm gonna I'm not gonna say it's right. I'm gonna say it's it's right that you never trade them away without someone ready to step in right there. And the Vikings got a little lucky. I mean, they traded Diggs before they knew who they were gonna be able to draft with that pick and all of that, but it worked out brilliantly for him. Justin Jefferson's one of the two best receivers in the whole league. Next. All right, Mike White and the Jets barely lost the 10-2 Vikings on the road. Still, this team looks pretty legit. Right or wrong, Mike White is the Jets' future. Oh, that's wrong. It's not the Jets' Not future. if Baker Mayfield wants anything to do with it. No, that. that's not what I think. I, listen, I, I think they probably signed Jimmy, even though Jimmy's coming off another injury and a broken foot. I, I, Mike White is a good story. And he's good because he's not Zach Wilson, right? Who's been was such a, a abject disaster, and now you're actually getting your weapons involved. And the Jets should have won that game, but he's not their future. I, 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 I'm not going to write him off as having no chance of being their future, but I'd say it's ninety ten against my if Mike White's your Week One starter next year. Either he goes on a really spectacular run these last five weeks. Or something disastrous has happened this offseason where you didn't figure it out. Next. All right, Aaron Rodgers pulled out a close win against Chicago, then rubbed it into the Bears fans by saying, Soldier Field has always been a second home to me. Right or wrong, Aaron Rodgers is back. Wrong. Everybody stop. (laughs) They, They were very lucky to win this game, and I think it is bad for the Packers that they won. Had they lost, you could no longer continue with this illusion or delusion maybe i should say about you potentially making the postseason and you could play jordan love so you could determine whether or not you want to pick up his fifth year option in the offseason instead they won and so now they're going to pretend like they have any chance of making the postseason so the fact of the matter for green bay is this they cap out at nine wins if they run the table they are nine and eight that would lose any tiebreakers with Washington or the Giants if they get to nine wins. We just talked about those teams getting to 10, right? So the we already know that San Francisco, Dallas, Minnesota, and Philly are all getting to nine or more wins. There's also the NFC South, right? So Green Bay would have to win the rest of its games and would have to also hope that Seattle falls apart and Washington or the Giants, one of them, only win one game the rest of the way. It's not happening. And so I think Aaron Rodgers played well against a terrible Bears defense. I do not think he's back, and I do not think the Packers have any hope. I think that win was actually bad for them. Okay. All right, next. All right, you bet on the road, favorite Jags this week after your betting ban was lifted. And they got blown out 40 to 14. Right or wrong, the Jags band must return. Hey, man, I warned you. Said it's the Lions at home. I remember. Just like, you just can't. You never know what the Lions are going to do, man. The Jags band has to return. We have to. It has to come back. That was the most. Zay Jones Jones (laughs) just kept dropping passes. Travis Etienne fumbled. And Jerry Goff probably had his best game as a quarterback ever. Certainly in a long time. <laughs> that was, I mean, they lost 40 to 14. <laughs> that game was so disheartening. I mean, it was so frustrating to watch. Trevor didn't even play poorly, and they just got annihilated. So, yeah, put the band back on. That's so disappointing. You know what's not disappointing? that Anthony Davis might be one of the three best players in the sport again. We'll answer your questions in the chat, one of which I know is on the Lakers. We'll do that next. What's right. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? As I'm monitoring Japan-Croatia, which is in the 70th minute, uh, tied at one apiece. So we're going to go through this quickly so I can see the end of that match. All right, DeMonte, let's read the questions from the chat. Batman asks, can LeBron and Anthony Davis both finish this season as a top five player in your opinion? No, I listen, I don't think LeBron's top five guy anymore. And we just have to, now we can talk more about the Lakers in just a moment. What are you laughing about? I mean, Batman, he watches our show. It's pretty dope. Oh, yeah, that is cool. <laughs> um, So Giannis, Luca, Steph, KD, Tatum, right now, all have a claim that they are unquestionably top five. Right? Anthony Davis is trying to push one of them out. And the way he's been playing lately, he would be pushing one of them out. But so let's just say AD's at six. You know what I mean? AD. So you have, to me, you have Giannis as a clear best player in the world. I believe Luka a clear second best player in the world. You then have three guys who have an argument for the third best spot, third best guy. Steph, KD, and Tatum right now. You then have a the next group of guys which are Jokic, Ja, and Anthony Davis. To me, the way AD is playing right now, those are the guys six through eight. I'm doing this off the top of my head. LeBron is in that very next tier, nine through 12, somewhere in there. So LeBron is, I mean, listen, he almost, you know, once a week, he has the best game anyone's ever had other than himself for, you know, at this point in his career. But he's not, I mean, he's in year 20. Right. He's He just passed magic in assists, and he's still doing these types of things. But what's interesting for the Lakers is this. If AD keeps this up, they are not a team that can be discounted. If LeBron is your second best guy, you're in amazing shape. And credit where it's due. Russ has played really well since he started coming off the bench. He's not turning the ball over. He's being smarter. And when it comes to LeBron, I told you guys, everyone was like, oh, LeBron, the worst three-point shooter in the league, which he was the, until he got hurt and missed that little bit of time. And I told you guys, he's going to have a stretch where he shoots 45% while I was from three. I was wrong. It's a stretch where he shoots 50%. Yeah. yeah. And so now he's up to 34% for the season, which is right around his career average. He's going to finish the year around 35% from three. And it's going to be, despite the fact, he'll never really shoot 35% from three. He'll shoot, he'll have a he'll have some one for eight games and some five for seven games. And it'll even out in that regard. But the Lakers are interesting again. And that game against the Bucs was their best win since game three of the first round, the year of their title defense against Phoenix. The game that Anthony, the, the next game Anthony Davis got hurt and the whole thing went to hell. Um, all right, next. All right, Jackson says, I need to understand the double standard with teams like Miami and Buffalo. Tua had one bad game in two months and everyone bounces. Josh Allen has several in the last month and no one cares. All right, first of all, I care about the Josh Allen thing, but this is, it is preconceived notions cause analytical bias but sometimes they're for good reason. We cannot act as if what you have been up to this point in your career should not factor into whether or not we believe stretches of excellent play or stretches of awful play are concerning or you know, cause for optimism or neither. So Mahomes last year had a month where he played poorly. Right. I was never concerned about him because he had prior to that three and a half years of quarterback play at the highest level we've ever seen. 
Tua had two years as a bad starting quarterback. Then he had this stretch start the year. It's going to need to be more than eight games for us to, for at least for me, to say, okay, he's one of those guys. He's a great player. Josh Allen, we have seen what his highs are. So we know Josh Allen can be the quarterback of one of the best teams in football. So you give him more benefit of the doubt. Now, what I also think with Josh Allen is we have seen throughout his entire career, high highs and low lows. And I'm one of the only people in the media that seems to care about the low lows, but they've been there. So I do think body of work really matters. Right. And that, I mean, that's to me, that's not really a double standard or, or it is a double standard, but it is a fair double standard. It is. Uh, it, it is, have you earned the benefit of the doubt yet or not? Next. All right, King of Fedoras asks, will Brandon Staley be fired after this season? No reason to, no reason a defensive-minded head coach should have one of the worst defenses in the NFL back-to-back years. Okay. If they miss the playoffs, I do wonder if they'll fire him. Now, Chargers ownership's pretty cheap by nature, doesn't like to move on from coaches early. I think probably he gets another year and they've been so injured. But that loss against the Raiders was unacceptable by any measure. Unacceptable. And it's going to be, if the Jets or the Patriots make the playoffs and the Chargers don't, and by the way, that's what would happen. If the Chargers miss, it will be because the Jets or the Patriots take their spot, or I guess the Raiders, you know, win out and do it. That is going to be, I, I, I've i liked Staley previously. He obviously hasn't done a great job this year. And that team, the if you're Brandon Staley, what you're worried about is that Chargers ownership is going to, for the first time maybe ever, not be cheap and go out and hire Sean Payton. Because if I'm Sean Payton coaching Justin Herbert, and that's what would concern me as a Chiefs fan, Justin Herbert getting Sean Payton as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Next. Uh, Tony asks, are the Raiders better than the Chargers despite their record? No, I don't think they're better. I think they have similar issues. I do think the Raiders, though, when it's clicking, look like a good team. Josh Jacobs looks like the best running back in football. Devontae's doing great things. I don't trust their coach, and I don't really trust their quarterback, and I don't love their defense. But at times, they can look really good. Next. All right, Marcos asks, Nick, do you think one day soccer will be as big in the U.S. as the other great, as the other great American sports how much of a fan how much of a fan number increase do you expect until 2026? I don't know about in the short term. On a long enough horizon, do I think soccer could become the third most popular sport? Could it pass baseball? I think it could. I think what it is going to take is a LeBron level star, meaning one of the very best players in the world. Maybe not LeBron level, KD level. One of the best players ever, even if he doesn't have to be the best ever, being in America. What it is going to yeah. take is an American with a charisma and pers- personality starring for one of the best clubs in Europe. That the, the, the way to make soccer popular here is not necessarily the MLS. Because Americans like to watch the best of the best. But if an American can go over to the Premier League and kick ass, that player does not yet exist. It's not going to be Pulisic, who's uh, great for an American, but is not one of the 20 best players in the world. It is going to take someone that is as good as, maybe don't have to be Mbappe, but as good as Benzema is right now as an American. It's going to be hard to do. Next. All right, Alan says, why does DeMonte have pants on under his pants? Well, why don't you answer that? Uh, it's cold outside, dude. These are long johns. They're like, uh, or you can call them thermals. I learned that thermals are, um, are like wind patterns in the air that like certain birds follow. Okay. Like when some people go parasailing, they use like these vultures or something to find the thermals so they'll be able to glide smoothly. What does that have to do with your pants? They're called thermals. 
But yeah. I understand that. But they, but so it's just the, the same name. It's the same name. Same I got word. You. But it's also got something to do with the weather. So they're kind of related. Oh no, I got you. Demont, listen, Demonte's done hard work in his life. Used to build fences. Was brief, briefly. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. I had other work <laughs> that was outdoors, uh, and will not dress in a way to where he's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what people think of the fashion. Did you see the picture? Someone texts us of Mahomes. Yeah. Mahomes wearing the shorts and the hoodie. The Demonze special. The, <laughs> the, I mean, listen, you and Mahomes are around the same age. It might be a Gen Z thing. It's not a Gen Z thing, man. People, what? You gotta stop saying that. What do you mean? It's not a Gen Z. People wear hoodies and shorts. I think Gen Z guys do. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think I just saw Petrushka's husband, Nick, uh-huh. outside with a with hoodies and a, a hoodie on and shorts. Okay. And well, Dave I'm going to have to check that real quick. And also, the audience doesn't know. Petrushka and Nick own the ice cream shop right next door to where we do this podcast from, Sugar Hill Creamery, which is the best ice cream shop in the world. But go ahead. Dave just has to follow up and said, why not just get pants that cover up your legs? Well, because I've worn the one pair of pants that I have that cover up my legs for the last three episodes of the podcast, so I wanted to switch it up a little bit. Demonze doesn't have an expansive <laughs> wardrobe, yeah. and he recently bought a piece of clothing on the internet, Yeah, and it has not yet been delivered. It was six weeks ago, I ordered, and he's so angry about it, he refuses to spend money on any other clothes. <laughs> Is that about right? I mean, yeah, I do think that I'm going to request my money. At this point, it's, yo, on the top of their website, Mm -hmm. it says basic shipping takes five to seven business days. Yeah. I ordered it on the, like, 9th of November. Yeah, I don't think you're getting it, buddy. I think they screwed you. I'm getting something. You're Okay. Uh, All right. So, uh, (laughs) Gabe Goodwin says we'll send some pants along with the big hat. Yeah, do that. And by the way. Joy Taylor tried to bite our style, saying she wants one of those big hats. So it's a race to see if the Blue Duck Production <laughs> Company or Fox Sports Production can get a big hat in our hand before Joy gets hers. Because if Joy gets it before us, everyone's going to say we're biting Joy's style, yeah. and that's unacceptable. Today was a great show. You did great. great it's wonderful show. to be back. I'm going to watch the end of Japan, Croatia. Uh, also, by the way, real quick, let me go ahead and check. We are still on the hunt for 100,000 YouTube subscribers, we are sitting presently at... Right 88, under 88,000. Yep. So let's get to 90,000 this week and then have a big December push to try to get to 100,000 so Demonze can get the $1,000 bonus. On the flip side, maybe we come just short so I don't have to give him that $1,000 bonus because <laughs> I don't know if you're at the beginning of the show, but this was not a great weekend for me from the gambling perspective. All right, everybody. Wonderful show. Talk to you guys on Thursday for our next show. What's right?